Let me just start for a minute just to tell you a little bit about me and my wife. And Carrie would love to be here. Um, we actually pastored in Kinross, Kinshalo. Anybody know where that's at? North of the bridge. We were there from 1999 to 2016, um, pastoring up there. I was the district presbyter. I stepped down so Norm could have it. Um, so we've been involved in Michigan for quite some time, and uh, we love Michigan. It's great to be back in the north today. We love it up here. And Carrie brings her love and says hi from Springfield this morning, too. So she'll probably watch this later, so I need to be careful. Um, so we felt called to go in to, to leave our church, and uh, the Lord was taking us to missions. A year or so before we left the church, we felt like the Lord said, this is the only church you're going to pastor. Um, so we knew when he said it was time to go that we weren't going to pastor another church, and we didn't know where we were going to go. And uh, a, a guy that I was in a relationship with 30 years ago, Kevin Weaver, was our pastor when we were stationed in Panama. We also, we also had a military career before going into ministry. He found out that uh, we left the church. Um, actually, Kevin was here and shared with you guys in 2016, probably, um, about Network 211. Um, he went back to Springfield, and a couple weeks later, he called me and said, hey, would you and Carrie be interested in coming and being part of the missions team here and help us launch the Warriors journey, because he needed another veteran on the team. So we prayed about it and said yes, raised our budget, and that's where we are now. We officially ended our first term April 14th, thus being back on the road again to raise our budget back up where it needs to be without using the word itinerate because that means different things. So anyway, that's kind of who we are quickly. I want to stay on, on good time this morning. So I want to share Network with you really quickly. Network 211 is an online evangelism program. How many of you remember Network 211? It's been shared here a couple of times. So we couldn't get the video up this morning because we're live streaming, but if you go to network211.com and click on stats, you can see what's happening in real time. Um, but we're reaching 204 countries, 16 different languages. Um, the exciting thing, you know, I got my newsletter out on the table. Please pick one up if you want one. Um, we just launched uh, our new Spanish site. Um, we are getting, we're waiting for a team to be raised up in Israel because we have Hebrew ready to go, which is going to be exciting. We've got German almost done. We have a, a, a student from Evangel who speaks both Korean and Japanese who almost has those two languages ready to go. So we're excited about the future, and we just continue. You know, when, when people had to go online last year, um, it was the churches and everybody were struggling and in, in, in trying to get ready to be online. And Pastor Norm said you guys were keenly ahead of that curve, which is awesome. Um, but Network was strategically positioned, and as people were fearful and looking for answers, which is how they find us, um, our response team, and we grew by 300% as far as people writing into us in 2020 because of COVID. And often, a lot of people, lot of people write in about anxiety, fear, depression, why am I so afraid? So with that said, let me just mention this. If you are interested in being a part of Network 211's team, we have, our, our connectors are completely volunteer, other than the seven of us that are at the office. When people get online, they watch a video, they have the opportunity to write in. When they write in, somebody personally writes back to them. It's not an automated response, it's somebody writes back into them. And who that is, is people like yourself, who want to just minister to people online. And uh, it's really, it's just like standing in front of somebody and sharing with them. 
So if you're interested at all in becoming a connector with us, come see me after the service because I'd love to talk to you. Um, we, we probably, if we looked, I bet you we, have, we probably have 100 people in the English queue right now waiting for a response. We try to respond to everybody within 48 hours, um, so we need connectors. If you happen to speak another language, any other language, we certainly would use your help. So let me know um, after the service, and, uh, and I can hook you up with that. So, so that's network. That's what we do. It's an amazing, amazing program. Mark Flattery and Kevin had to, the vision, and that's all language-driven. So we wanted to start what we called target audience evangelism. So the first target audience they decided to reach out to was the military, um, which is where we came in. Um, that's how the warrior's journey was birthed. That's how the warrior's journey started. We used to say, up until about three months ago, the warrior's journey was an online interactive community for military people to come find help and be healthy and whole. Well, the warrior's journey has got so much traction. We're now doing, um, we go to, we've gone to San Diego. We're doing pro, pre and post deployment training with the Navy SEALs. We are, we are both the DOD and VA vendor, which means the VA calls us, the Department of Defense calls us, and we go help them. We're coaching chaplains. We just finished our first three-day retreat. Actually, we call it a charge because real men don't retreat with the Air Force up at, <laughs> yeah, up at Whiteman Air Force Base. We, did a th we helped them strategically do a three-day retreat for their men. We have a second one scheduled for Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana in August. And one of the coolest things I want to share with you this morning about what we're doing with the Warriors Journey is Michigan men's and Michigan camps. How many of you know Tony? You guys know Tony, don't you, Van Duzer here? Tony and Chuck Willis, who's our men's director, Tony called me two years ago. I remember I was standing at the airport in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on my way back from a convoy event. And he says, Ernie, I got this thing I want to tell you. I'm like, okay. The Lord said we should do a military camp at Gaylord. I'm like, okay. So we started talking that through, and then... 2020 happened. So that kind of got tabled. Well, that's come back to the forefront with the Warrior's Journey and Michigan Camps, Michigan Men. In August, I think it's the 19th through the 21st, I'll have to check the dates, we are actually doing a military family camp at Lost Valley this year. Come on, that's exciting. If you're going to get excited about something, that's exciting because it's not been done before. No other state's doing it. And we're hoping this is a pilot camp that we can record. We're going to bring our video team. It's going to be a big deal. The money's been raised for all any veteran's family that wants to come is coming at no cost. So it's not going to cost them anything. So how many, any veterans in the building this morning? Veterans, veterans' families, wives. If you want to come, put those dates in. It's open for anybody who's a veteran, military, prior military. And particularly if you know anybody in Michigan who's deployed or that's struggling with any kind of military stuff and it's causing family stuff, get them there. Because we're bringing in speakers that are great communicators and have been through it, and they're going to speak right to the heart of military issues. This is, this is the Warrior's Journey one-liner. The military creates a unique set of, well, most people don't understand, the military creates a unique set of challenges for family. So what we've done is we've put together a team of veterans to triage and help those families put a plan together to be successful and resilient and strong based on faith to be successful in life. That's what we do. That's, that's, the, that's the just of the warrior's journey. So I got a, just a three-minute video I'm going to show real quick, and then I got a word for you. If you guys want John, if you want to play that, that would be awesome.
telling her that dad's gonna be gone for a year. She understands that's 365 mornings. She gets up knowing that she doesn't get to see dad not be more part of her life has probably been about the, the hardest the hardest thing for me to overcome. The last 14, 15 years of constant involvement in this war on terrorism has produced a myriad of challenges. We still are having a very difficult time zeroing in, focusing, and pinpointing on solutions that work. The families are sometimes the hardest for me to reach. One of the hardest things about being deployed is only being able to help on one side and knowing there's hurt. There's a hurting child back home, a hurting spouse back home. We tell military people, you were willing to sign a blank check for an amount up including your life. Most of society will not understand it. And that's why the spiritual component is so important. We know people need help physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, all these other ways. But what we're saying now, we believe there's a creator who's in charge of all this stuff. And I think we need to get involved. Any type of resources, anything that we can have, and that we can be where people are in a digital way to reach thousands of miles across the world. And if we can get a resource like that to all of our service members and families, I think that there would be a lot less people that would be able to help. The help that this provides, that feeds their spiritual life. I don't know how much more you can do to thank a veteran than it does for their spiritual life. The question is, what are we gonna do? We know we can do something. We may not meet every need, but we can do a lot. We have to try. The Warrior's Journey, an online resource, helping those who serve, those who have served, and their families navigate the unique challenges in their lives. We ask you to honor our military with a gift that will allow us to continue to develop digital resources that will empower these warriors to discover their journey with God. The Warrior's Journey. Awesome, isn't it? It's exciting. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my pastor's hat for just a second. I want to share I want to share one mission story with you from when I was pastoring, and this is just just this is free. I didn't even know I was gonna do this until I just thought about it. We used to do this weekly. Remember when when uh, we used to have the mission things up here in the north, and missionaries would come up be here for a week, and we'd have them every day of the week. And then the church took an offering at the end, and that was turned in and blessed the missionaries. Well, there was one year, we had been putting away money for a church van, just the board and me. We weren't promoting it. We weren't raising money. We were just kind of sticking money away for a van. And uh, we had the, we, they had, that week came and gone. We took an offering on Sunday morning, and as I looked at it, I'm like, man, that is not as big as I want it to be. So I called my board up, and I said, hey, listen. I really believe we just need to take the money we've been putting away for that van and put it in this missions offering. And I had an awesome board. They said, Pastor, whatever you think, 
So we did that this Sunday. The following Sunday, seven days later, the board's counting, the two guys are counting the, the, the offering, and they, they came running in my office like, Pastor! I'm like, what? He's like, there's a check in the, in the offering for $12,000, and it just says church van on it. There was a doctor in our church that got some big insurance settlement, and he just thought that we might need a van. So he wrote a check for a van. I am completely convinced that that check was written because of the decision we made the Sunday before. So just take that for whatever you want to take it for. But that, that is how God works in missions and giving and all that stuff. That, 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 uh, and that's all I'm going to say about money this morning. So, but that's, it's just, I like to tell that story because it's just a very clear indication of uh, who our God is. So I want to talk this morning about reconciliation. You know, all through history, um, reconciliation has been needed. In, uh, in Scripture, reconciliation is very clear. And if you look at, at, our, at our world today, you look at our country today, they talk about reconciliation. We need to have unity. We have to have reconciliation. We need to come together. But nobody does that, and nobody even knows what that means. However, as believers, as Christians, as Christ followers, we need to understand what reconciliation means. And I, want, I got three simple points this morning out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to read verses 14 to 21 to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 to 21, and it is a missions message. It's about reaching people. It's about being ambassadors. It's about who we should be. For the love of Christ compels us, compels. If you highlight anything in your Bibles or you got your phone, if you want to highlight a word, highlight compels. Compels means to urge to, to send out, to move forward. The love of God, Christ, compels us because we judge us that if one, one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Now, we could stop right there and call it a day because that's an incredible scripture all by itself. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us that ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the word of himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then... We, say we, we, you guys are weak this morning, what, come on, we are ambassadors for Christ, that's who we are, we are, so let's take this apart for a minute, verses 14 and 15, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, Jesus reconciled the world to himself, Jesus says he was compelled by love. We're comp so we should be compelled by that same kind of love to come to a place that we're willing to pay a crazy price like he did. Now, I don't know what that looks like to all of you. What it looked like to me and Carrie was leaving our church. It meant knowing we weren't going to pastor again. And honestly, when we resigned our church, we didn't know what was next. We didn't have a clue. 
We've made some crazy decisions in our life. I was in the military for 15 years in the Air Force. I could have retired five years later with a pension and all the stuff that came with it, but the Lord said, I want you and Carrie to go in full-time ministry. So we stepped out and went in full-time ministry. That was crazy. People told us we were crazy. People in the military told us we were crazy. People in our church told us we were crazy. But I wouldn't change that decision for anything. We went to Southeastern. Now understand, we were in the military. We were stationed in California. We were stationed in Biloxi, Mississippi. We were stationed in Panama and Central America. We had one two-year stint in the boring place of Rancho, Illinois, in the cornfields as an instructor where it was crazy cold. But the rest of the time in our married life and our kids' life, we were on oceanside warm climates. We finished Bible school, couldn't find a place to pastor in Florida, so we sent our, our resume to the Michigan district, and it somehow gets to the Upper Peninsula, and they call us. And we go up there and talk to them at this little place called Kinchilo, 18 people in the church at the time, 18, and uh, probably more bare than church around there, or people. So we go up there, we talk to them, we pray at the church, we're leaving, and I know what I felt was right. And, and I knew Carrie did too. We're driving out, and I, told, I turned to Carrie and said, what do you think? She said, I ain't saying nothing. I'm like, no, really, what do you think? And we're driving past Gaylord, and this is what her words. She goes, we might as well stop in Gaylord and buy winter clothes. <laughs> this was January when we were up here. So April 14th of 1999, we left Florida to come up to, the, to Kinchelow to pastor, then Faith Fellowship, Northern Light Assembly before we left. People in Florida said we was crazy. In fact, the words from Brother Muling when I called to transfer my credentials from Florida to Michigan and told him where we were going and where we were coming from, he said these words, Ernie, you're either crazy or called. <laughs> if you want to add a little more to that story, at the time, I got out of Bible school, I was, uh, and this is just what God does. This is, how, this is how he helps us to understand who he is. I was working at Sears Auto Center selling tires. They asked me if I would start a commercial sales department for them, so I did, and it was going well. The week we came up and tried out at Kinchelow with 18 people, and they were either able to offer us $500 a week for a salary, the week I got back, the district manager was there. He calls me and says, Ernie, I want to talk to you. I said, okay. He says, hey, you've been doing a great job with the sales team. You've got military experience. The, the auto center manager is retiring. We want to give you the management job of the auto center. Salary? $104,000 a year plus bonuses. So, 500 bucks a month, $104,000 a year. The enemy does things like that. It's just crazy. So what do you do? You make crazy choices if you want to serve the Lord. And I'm not selling you any of that to pat me and carry on the back. I'm saying that so that you understand that sometimes the Lord will ask you to do crazy things. And if you say yes, there's amazing things on the other side of that crazy decision. Always is. There always is. Reconciliation. The restoration of friendly relationships making one view or belief compatible with another. We need reconciliation because we have fractured relationships. We have fractured relationships between people. We have fractured relationships with God. If you don't know Jesus, you have a fractured relationship with the Father. People all around us who don't know Christ have a fractured relationship with the Father. There's only one way that's going to be fixed. That's if somebody tells them about Jesus. And this reconciliation. Romans 5, 8 through 11 says this, But God demonstrated his own love toward us, 
and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received that reconciliation. Man, what an awesome scripture. John, John Ortberg puts it this way. Redeeming is what God's into. He is the finder of directionally challenged sheep, the searcher of missing coins, the embracer of foolish prodigal children. His favorite department is lost and found. If there is one way that human beings consistently underestimate God's love, it is perhaps in his loving longing to forgive. And here's what happens. That underestimation often causes us to live as if we're not reconciled to Christ. We live as if our sin, our failures, is the final say. If they do, then we wouldn't have the stories of Abraham and Jacob and Jonah and Peter and Paul and everybody else who screwed up in Scripture if that was the final say. Jesus has the final say in who we are. That's reconciliation to God. Listen to verses 17 through 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. I mean, I love, that's one of my favorite worships. I could, I put that on when I'm driving and just thinking over and <laughs> over. Because I got a lot of junk behind me. A lot of junk. Old things. If we are therefore in Christ, we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us that ministry. You know, I thought about this, and you know, that's why I kind of I like Mondays. Some people don't like Mondays. I like Mondays. I like January 1st. And you know why? Because it reminds us that we're starting again. I get up on Monday morning, I'm like, okay, Lord, it's a new week. Last week's gone. My to-do list is behind me. The mistakes I made last week helped me not to make this week because this is the beginning of a new week. Help me to have a more productive week this week than I had last week. That's my, that's my prayer every Monday morning. Help me to be more productive this week than I was last week for the kingdom, for the warrior's journey, for my wife, for my family, for whatever I put my hands to. Let me be more productive this week. We get to start over on Monday. I quit doing resolutions because you don't keep resolutions. I'm just thank, thankful that every January 1st, I, I am thankful that January 1st, 2021 came after 2020. I'm thankful that I'm getting to preach in front of somebody this morning in 2021 because that didn't happen hardly at all in 2020. I'm thankful for new beginnings. I'm thankful that my old life has passed away. And here's the thing. We think that our old life is life before we met Christ. But your old life was yesterday. Your old life was Saturday. Your old life was last Friday. Your old life is anything that is behind the moment we're standing in right now. That's your old life. Your old life, all of your old life is behind you. Not just the pre-Christ life. Everything that's yesterday is behind you. We have so much of a tendency to look back when Jesus wants us to look forward. Take your eyes off behind and start looking. The old life has passed away. New life is beginning with every new breath that you take. So instead of keeping records of the mistakes that we make and others and holding them over their head to replay them again and again and again, 
We need to make every moment a chance to box up all those mistakes, hand them to God, and breathe in that new life that he offers. So if you have something right now, and, and i got a little more to say this, but if you're, you're holding on to things this morning, you just need to start letting the Holy Spirit talk to you right now and say, okay, Lord, I'm giving that to you this morning. Whatever it is, whatever thing that the enemy keeps bringing up and telling you you can't do something, get rid of it. Whatever thing it is you're holding against somebody, get rid of it. All of it. Because that's the only way you can move forward and really live a reconciled life to Jesus. Living reconciled means to become what we already are. That's the other piece of that worship song. We try to do it ourselves, but Jesus has already done it. We're reconciled to him. So that means we are already done. All we've got to do is recognize it and live it. There's nothing we have to do except accept his, accept his reconciliation and start living it out. Live reconciled. We live reconciled to God, acknowledging that he gives us new life every moment. We can convince ourselves that we're not worthy of what God's done. As a believer, I've, I've done that sometimes. I've left my own thoughts and feelings confine me. Challenges that I've had in the past, even over missions. There was a time when I felt like God doesn't want me in missions. God wouldn't let me do this. Why would God let me do this after the mistakes I've made, you know, in this? Or even, you know, you, you make a lot of mistakes pastoring for 18 years. Just got to say. <laughs> Other than Pastor Norm, he's been perfect here for 20 years. <laughs> so I can look back. The enemy will step in. And let me just say, the enemy is very good at what he does. And he's very patient. And he plays the long game. So it's not like you do this one time and then forget about it because he will come back again and again and again to remind you. Don't let him. So here's the thing. Our reconciliation to God enables us to live reconciled to each other. To each other. Matthew 5, 23 and 24, I'm going to just paraphrase. It says something like this. If you bring your offering to God and leave it on the altar, don't leave it until you go and what? Reconcile to someone who you're offended with. See, there's this important piece of reconciling to each other in the church. The Lord gave me a, a picture of what that looks like in the church. The church is supposed to be this beautiful, shining diamond that's refracting Christ's light. Like when, you know, like if you, if you hold a, a perfect diamond and light hits it, light just refracts in all kinds of different directions. That's should, what the church should look like. But you know what happens with a diamond? You know why they cut diamonds just right? So that light transfers just right so it sparkles smallest of diamonds when the sun hits it it looks just like boom there's this flash of light that's what the church should look like but a church that's full of people that are not reconciled to each other and are yakking and squabbling and i i, I have no idea if there's nothing just don't don't think i know anything because i don't i'm just telling you what god showed me a church that has unreconciliation between its members and the people any church or even just apply it to the entire body of Christ, you're fractured. And that light then hits the church and it doesn't refract like it's supposed to. That's the picture that I got when I was talking about this whole reconciliation and light because, because we should be that diamond. The church is that diamond that God's created to be his light to the world. So we need, to re we need to reconcile our fractured relationships to our families, to our churches, to our workplaces, to anybody. And again, as I'm talking this morning, I, the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you and say, you need to apologize to this person, or you need to forgive this person. 
And here's the deal. Let me just share this. If there's somebody you can't reconcile with because they've either passed away or, or whatever, you can still, between you and God, say, Lord, I forgive that person completely right now. And it's going to bless your heart in ways that you can't even imagine until you actually do it. Because we need to be reconciled to each other. Coworkers, when's the last time you went to a coworker and apologized for something you said about them or to them? Or you were angry or snipey or something, and you just go back and say, you know what, I was really angry yesterday, I'm sorry. You know how far that goes in your witness, in your workplaces, places you are? I'm trying to make this real practical, guys, so. There's lots of things out there that we can become offended over. Let me just tell you, we live, right now we live in an offended world. You watch social media, you watch the news, I mean, people are offended over everything. Pastor, I'm offended by you, because you said this. I, mean, I had one lady come to me one time, I was, for whatever reason, and I know Pastor Norm went through this phase too, I was growing my hair, just because I wanted to. I was in the military forever, and my hair's been like this since 1982, I'm like, I'm going to grow my hair. This was years ago when I still had some. And it was, my, it was getting fairly long, and I had, I had a lady come up after church one morning, she says, Pastor, I'm like, what? She said, you, you, your hair offends me. I can't even watch you preach with your hair that long. I'm like, okay. I didn't cut it, but we get offended about all this. One of my, one of my, Jim Riley is a good friend of mine. If you guys know Jim, I know Pastor Norm does. He pastors down in Eaton Rapids, and uh, when he talks about uh, marriage, married people, um, he says this, he said, just be unoffendable. Just be unoffendable. Because, you know, I, I can do things that Carrie will get offended over in a heartbeat. Now, she doesn't ever do anything that causes me to think that way. <laughs> but I know I can. But we get offended over things that is just ridiculous. In the world, we are living, you know, on social media, we live in an offended world. Just read some of the threads. Well, don't read some of the threads. That's what I should say. Get off of the threads. Get off of that stuff and start living unoffended and just loving Jesus, okay? Romans 14.1 says, we should not dispute over doubtful things. In other words, be careful how easy you're offended and quit arguing about stuff that doesn't matter. In the long run, politics are important because of the country you live in, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. In the scheme of things, Jesus is in control, God's in control. That's that. That's the way it is. Let's not dispute over matters that keep us from reconciling to the world. Well, let's let things go. You know, there's, a, there's an old country. So can I, is country music okay here? I'm sorry. I like country music. I have for a long time. Tim McGraw has an old song called Live Like You Were Dying. And, and the chorus is something like this. It's about a guy who gets a bad, bad, bad report from the doctor and he's dying. And the question is asked, well, what did you do? And he says, I went skydiving, I went... Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchi. Now, that's the first part. But the second part's what most important. He said, and I loved deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I gave forgiveness I've been denying. And I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. Look, we're all dying. I've lived long enough and pastored long enough that you don't know when you're leaving this world, so don't waste time reconciling with people you need to reconcile with. And lastly, verses 15 through 21. 
15 through 21. We don't live for ourselves. Let me find it. For those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to flesh. I'm going to skip a lot of that and go down to the part that says, we've been reconciled to Jesus, and we are now ambassadors for Christ. We each have such a message to tell that Jesus is the life giver. That's missions. That's the missions message. We have a message that people need to hear, and you don't need to be, have, you don't have to have a missionary in front of your name to do it. You should all be that ambassador to Gaylord, to your workplace, to the places that you go. We have such a message to share. Those verses should drive every one of us to the place that we want to share Jesus with the world. Jesus in chapter eight of, or 28 of Matthew says that we should go into all the world and make disciples. All of us. And you know what? Here's the thing. When I talk about my mission partner, and you guys, Mount Hope Church supports me and Carrie. So you're not, you're not just a supporter of me. When I share about my missions people, you guys are a, my partners. Mount Hope is an extension of who me and Carrie are. Or I should say, we're an extension of Mount Hope. Your support allows me and Carrie to do what we've been called to. I don't, you know, I don't want your money. I want your support. I'd rather have you praying for me than paying me anyway. And, and for missions, you know, that ambassadorship covers a lot of ground. It moves us to make decisions. It moves us to share with people in a coffee shop. It moves us to share with our coworkers. It moves us to invite somebody to church. It moves us to hand out the cards that I know you guys are handing out around town to thank people. It moves us to do all those things when we get a hold of this message that we, you, are the ambassadors for Jesus Christ to your world and the people around you. There's people all over. They're just waiting for somebody to give them something. And here's the cool thing. Sharing the gospel on a regular basis reminds us of our own salvation. Every, every time I share the gospel with somebody, it just reminds me of who I am in Jesus. It's exciting. It's love that compelled Jesus to die on the cross, and it should be our love for him that compels us to go and share that love with anybody and everybody who will take a second to listen to us. That's the crust of missions. That's the crust of missions. So this morning, if uh, whoever's playing keyboard, I'm, I'm going to ask you three questions that cover this message because I firmly believe that this is a message that, I don't know, sometimes, actually every message requires a response, but this one, I just, as I was thinking it through and what I wanted to say this morning, it just sometimes just requires us to look in our own heart a little deeper than others. And I hope the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. So I just want to ask you three questions before I get out of the way this morning. One, first, first scripture said Jesus died. Jesus died to reconcile the world to himself. I'm not even going to ask you to close your eyes because, you know, it doesn't matter. Shouldn't be embarrassed to make these decisions. If there's anybody here that's not been reconciled to Jesus, today is the day that you have the opportunity to do that. And it's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life to let Jesus reconcile you to himself. He died for you. He was compelled by love to die for you. 
So anybody here who say, Ernie, I've never, I've not made that choice, or I've been on the fence, and I want to make it firm today. I just, I need Jesus. I need to be reconciled to Jesus this morning. Would you slip up a hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Anybody? Okay, then I'll assume you're all good. If you're not, you need to see Pastor Norm as soon as you can. Secondly, we need to be reconciled to people. I've had to go back to so many people in my life and say, man, I'm sorry. I have to tell my wife I'm sorry on a regular basis. I just do. Is there anybody here? And listen, I just really want you to, I want to take a minute. I want to pray, and then I'm going to let you answer this question. Lord, I ask right now that you would reveal to people, people that, that they need to say they're sorry to for reasons they might not even be aware of right now. Lord, help them to see the value in reconciling to each other. And again, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you that, that really that God will give you the courage to do what he's telling you to do. Would you slip up a hand? If you know right now you need to talk to somebody, thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the place. Amazing, isn't it? You start listening to the Holy Spirit. So this is my prayer for you this morning. Lord, I pray for every person who just raised their hand that they would not leave this building without a plan. God, that, that you would not let the enemy creep into their mind right now and say that that's silly or they don't need to. You, you revealed that to them, and Lord, I pray that they would have the courage, the boldness, the confidence to do what you've asked them to do. And God, that there would be glory and praise and strength that comes out of that decision. In Jesus' name. And lastly, I just want to pray for you guys. I'm just asking you in your heart right now to determine that you want to go and be an ambassador for Jesus. That may mean that some of you might be called to go to missions, which is exciting. Don't fight with God over it. Man, me and Carrie fought with the Lord for a while about getting out of the military. That was probably the hardest decision we ever made. But once we did, it's been amazing. So I just want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for Gaylord Mount Hope. I pray for the hope. I pray for every person associated with this church. Every person that listens to Pastor Norm preach here or online or wherever you're at today. I pray that you would have the courage and the boldness to be ambassadors for Jesus and to more than just live a life in front of people and expect them to see Jesus in you, which we need to do, but the boldness to open your mouth and be that ambassador to share who Christ is with people around you. In Jesus' name, amen. What a strong word. Wow. Thank you, Brother Ernie. That's awesome. I'm going to apply that. You know, we, everywhere we go, we get opportunity to be reconcilers. You might see somebody in the store having it out with somebody else. You can step right into that. I know it's dangerous. You can stand up for somebody. Say, no, that's not right. I've seen a lot of that lately. Thank you. Thank you, Ernie.
So, Warrior's Journey, you, you saw, you heard about it, you saw that clip. He's, he, I wish he could have shared the whole hour just about stuff that he and his wife are doing, uh, Warrior's Journey is doing. It's amazing. We just got a little glimpse. It's good ground. Our, our military people, men and women, and all the armed services, they deserve the best. And we have an opportunity to meet their spiritual need. And he shared some of that with me, how that's the, the most important thing right now for these men and women. Because until you meet that need, the rest of it isn't going to matter. They're going to be a mess most of the time. What a great way to invest in the kingdom. And as he said, we're already giving monthly toward their ministry, but I would like to be able to give him uh, a larger amount today just to go and, and do some of the things God's putting on their heart. So if you would like to make a check out, you can make it out to the Hope and then just put on it um, either e, EB or Warrior's Journey or something just to make sure we know what it is because we're going to take... When you put it in that box, they all get combined. So I want to make sure whatever you give toward Warrior's Journey or toward Ernie by Water uh, will go to his ministry, to that ministry, and none of it goes to this church, just so you know that. And if you want to give online, you can do that as well. Just make sure you note on there that it's missions and uh, for Ernie's, and they'll make sure it gets to the right place. So would you stand with me as the Lord... And by the way, there's no pressure. I hope you all know that. If, if you're here and you're like, oh man, he's putting pressure on me. No, I'm not. This is between you and the Lord. If you're not inclined to give anything, so be it. No harm, no foul. I'm just saying, if you want to plant into this ministry, and, and I've got mine already pre-made out right here, so um, I'm ready. Father, we thank you again for this Warriors Journey Ministry, for Kevin Weaver, for Ernie Bywater, and all of those who support that strong ministry. Lord, continue to touch lives, dream possible. Bless our armed service men and women, their families, Lord, as only you can. And take this money that we're giving today toward this and use it to your glory. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Now keep everybody safe, and then they're coming and then they're going. Uh, Lord, bring them back next week on Mother's Day for a strong message there. And uh, we just lift this church up to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, God bless you, men. Don't forget, next Sunday, Mother's Day. <laughs>